It's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Season three! Oh, boy. Here it comes. Even though we've done this show like 250 times, I still have no idea what I'm talking about. We may not know what we're doing, but we're having fun. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. The only way the out is way up. Out this is how this to do life. How to do life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd! Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. The only way out is up, Heather. Up. The only way out is up, and um, we're climbing. Yeah, we're climbing. we're climbing our way. We got a crazy production schedule. Um, yes, we do. It's ten days from now, right now. It's a good thing that we are tough ladies, right? So, um, in this thing that we created for ourselves, it's been two weeks since we recorded, and when this episode comes out, it will be another ten days past. When we recorded it, and what we're going to talk about today <laughs> is over the past two weeks since we recorded. So old news. Old news. Over the past two weeks since we recorded this show that will come out ten days from now. So since twenty or thirty days ago, whatever that whatever that span of time is, right? Twenty. 14, 24 days, 24 days. So, so this 24 days span we're going to talk about here. Okay. Um, I have been holding open tabs on my cell phone <laughs> of interesting things that I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> I do the same thing. I have all my Facebook saved things are like, right. and then after we talk about them, I delete them. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> so ready to close these. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's a little bit like Heather's Headlines. Only it's coming from Chrissy's perverted and curious brain. <laughs> <laughs> My headlines are almost always wholesome. Oh, well, um, these are, I don't know. These are fine. These are good. They're just interesting. They're all interesting things. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of them. We're going to have to really kind of book it through. I thought about um, grouping them nicely for us. Like, the, here are all the COVID stories. Here are all the funny stories. But instead, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to discuss them in the order that they appear on my browser. Okay, cool. So we're just going to look through them. And um, here are our topics today. Here's the first one. Um, The first one we actually referenced on this show like two months ago at this point, it seems like. um, Goodbye to casual friendships. And this is the one. Remember we talked about this idea that we used to run into people like at the sports bar and we all cheered for the same team. And we used to like have casual kind of acquaintances and this article there's going to be links up to all of these today folks so the show notes have links to every article here and there there are some really really interesting articles and I hope that you guys are going to enjoy them but you know those relationships can be as important as you know the core relationships in our life yeah not in their individuality but in their collective ability for us to hear voices that maybe differ from ours, for our ability to, you know, have sounding boards. A lot of times, do you ever find that something happens to you, Heather, and you want to talk about it? You want to talk about this thing. And you've told, you've told Robbie. <laughs> yeah. You've told your kids, maybe. Yeah. 
And maybe you're not done talking about it. Right. But he's done listening to me talk about but it. But you've run out of people to talk to. <laughs> right. You've maybe called your mother and she's heard you. And now, like, you would like to share this witty thing or this thing that irritated you or whatever. You would like to tell the person in the line at the bank. <laughs> but you don't get to. Right. Because you don't do that anymore. Right. Maybe, maybe you know, you're irritated with, let's say, your kid's school and you don't get to go to the school and ask the other mothers how they feel about the same thing. Or maybe you're like really pleased with your kid's school. That would be a nicer way. To, yeah. <laughs> nicer thing, right? So you're really happy that your kid's school is doing this great thing, but you don't get to talk to the other moms about it, yeah. you know, because you don't see the other moms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I saw that headline also, and it made me immediately think about my running group because when COVID started, we kind of broke into buddies. Mm-hmm. And so we just have a running buddy. And I... Haven't I wouldn't consider them casual friendships, but I don't. I used to see these women every morning we would run, and now I never see them, right? You know, like we have a Facebook group that mm-hmm. we don't even talk in anymore. People don't really like, it's I don't know, I don't like same. to join in the same way, it's you not know? the same because you're not really with these people to have like a long drawn out conversation or to sit right. down and eat dinner or to share updates of your life. It's the casual day to day stuff. Yeah. You know? And that's what we're missing. Yeah. And I, and I mourn that, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I don't know whether it will ever really be normal again. You yeah. know, like every once in a while I'll run with, with somebody that I haven't run with in a while, you know, because my regular running buddy can't run or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. Remember when we used to run every morning? Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's like months. There's another article later down the line about when, when or if things will go back to normal. Oh, so okay. We'll get to that one in a little bit. We'll get to that one. But yeah, I do think that, you know, to, it's okay to grieve that a little bit and read this article. It is an interesting article about those dynamics and about why they're important. Yeah. And about um, aspects of society and socialization and learning skills and how to talk to people and whatnot that are really suffering right now. Yeah. So yeah. that's an interesting one. Check that one out. Um, all right. The next story is a local Tallahassee story. So my children and I went to see a movie. Oh, I'm excited about this. I want to yes. hear about this. So the movie is called The Waiting. Mm-hmm. And it was written, directed, produced, acted, um, filmed, everything local here in, yeah. in Tallahassee. So it's based out at um, Wakulla Springs Lodge mm-hmm. is the my featured place. Yeah, such a cool place. Featured as the hotel in it. There's all these cool overhead shots of Tallahassee, you know, like you know, cool. of, you know, like the drone flying in over town. It's pretty cool. They're at the Blue Halo. Oh, um, cool. They, they eat. Uh, it's supposed to be a part of the lodge, like the restaurant at the lodge. Oh, you know, no, but, not at but, all. But it's <laughs> obviously not. It's a different part of town. Yeah. You know? um, but and some friends of mine are in it, you know, so my friend Mark Marple is in it and his uh, wife Tracy is in charge of the University Center Club. So if you've ever been up there and received fabulous oh, hospitality yeah. and fab- yeah, she, and she teaches um, all of those people who, you know, become ho- hospitality majors, oh, a lot cool. of them who work up there, you know, she has overseen them. She works for Club Corn. I think she oversees a couple clubs in Tampa too. She's just a neat, neat woman. So um, we got to see them and um, Bill is in it. Um, Bill Riley, is that his last name? No, uh, Bill, uh, I, uh, I can see him in my head and I just went blank. But he's the guy in town who, like, 
is in like real movies. He was in like designated oh. survivor, like and shows and uh-huh. whatnot. He's been in everything, but he just also he, we used to work with him up when we used to oh, be yeah, at yeah 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 that Bill okay uh, yeah I Heart mm-hmm. I Heart yeah Bill he did uh, sales up there mm-hmm. I think yeah. yeah and he's a cool guy. That's, I know I have the last name wrong. That's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, I never knew his. I'll see name. if I can. I'll see if I can find it and, and tag him. You know and get it right. So um, I remember when you posted that you were gonna go watch the movie, and mm-hmm. I was distracted by other things, and so I wasn't able to fully absorb what it was that you were doing. But I saw the pictures of when y'all went to watch it and i wondered is that done like can we still see it well that's a good question because uh what they announced at this because this was like kind of a single showing at the cmx um which by the way the cmx is doing a fantastic job with social distancing they seated us all far apart everybody was in masks they've changed how they run the concession stands and the food so that that no hands touch, you know, what you're doing. All the candies behind the counter. You don't go grab your own. Um, you know, they hand you um, like single point of contact. They did a really, really good job with it. And I was really impressed with how clean it was. And I, I don't know. I felt yeah. okay. I, a movie theater is a place I didn't know if I would feel okay. Yeah. You know? um, mm-hmm. But I felt really, really good there. And we were Looking spread out. out really nice and far. And everything was great. But um, they are doing another limited run, I believe, uh, at the end of March. Cool. They're going to run it for a couple weeks. And um, it's a totally fine movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Like, I probably wouldn't have sought it out necessarily, like content-wise, if it wasn't local. But it was really neat for my kids to be like, oh, you know, and our friend plays the bad guy. Let's take a picture with the bad guy. You know, yeah. and and uh, you know, like to see your own city. Yeah. And to see like there there was a point. Um, I mean, not to give too much away, but there was a point where the lodge appeared to be destroyed. <gasps> And my son said, oh, the lodge is really okay, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, just CGI. You know, so. Uh, so <laughs> now I was, really want to see it because yeah. Wakulla Springs is one of my favorite yeah. places. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it, it, it was pretty well done, you know, and it was cool. like, it held our attention and, you know, held my kids' attention and we had a good time. What's it called? It's called The Waiting. The Waiting. It is okay. about a guy who works at a haunted hotel and he falls in love with the ghost. Oh, wonderful. I love it already. Yes. yes. So uh, th- that's a good time. That- that's one of the things. That's one of the tabs that has been uh, open on my cell phone to talk to you I'm about. glad because I, like, you know, like, like, like I said, I was totally distracted by something at the time. And I was like, this is a cool thing. I want to know more. <laughs> well, I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> and I hope that our friends go and see it. I hope so, too. It'll be fun. The next article is called Between the Spreadsheets. Ooh. Did you happen to read this one? No. This one was great. If you only read one of them, friends. Oh, that was the one, one you said. If you yeah. only read one, read this one. And I did It's didn't. very long. It's very long, but it's really interesting. It's all about how some people, in an effort to um, make their relationships work more like corporate life uh, and be more predictable and sustainable and whatnot are scheduling um, weekly check-ins where they have like a list of six questions and they each partner discusses um, how they are feeling about you know like are, are we getting enough time together how is your mental health how is mine like a like a, a weekly checklist basically and here uh-huh. are the action items toward the next week of how we're going to continue to make this work here's the schedule of when we should have sex for optimum happiness among all parties 
Um, I, I see your face. I see your face. <laughs> I can't read it because I'm not a member of the uh, website. All you have to do is sign up with your email address. It doesn't oh, okay. cost any money. So um, I would, I, I like these articles. It's called The Economist is the is the site. And there's often really interesting, thought-provoking articles. Uh, and this one definitely, definitely was between the spreadsheets. So kind of optimizing our relationships using math and using, um, you know, really structured so what's your take on that (sighs) my take on it is that I am a very like follow my heart kind of person I'm also a scientist I don't know like this this one guy like as I read it I'm like well this guy's like in my opinion potentially like on the spectrum the way that he's trying to break this down and classify it like he was dating three or four different women and he's trying oh. to figure out which woman would be best for him. Okay. So he assigns 15 traits and then he weights those traits, you know, and it, it's not just like, is she pretty? It's like, you know, do I think that we have similar financial views, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and he weighted all these things. Okay. And then he, you know, like one of them, one of his questions was, how much do I think she reveres me? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and he weighted that one pretty heavily. She has to really like me, you know, yeah. and um, he puts these all out and he comes up with a number so he can quantify. She's a better person for me to date than her, perhaps, you on know, paper. like yeah, on, on paper. This one breaks down better, but he didn't know for sure. Um, but is this number of like my best scoring person? Is that number high enough to like create a life with that person? You know, and now that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it. Is really in, it's a way to be thoughtful about the kind of person you want and, you know, what you're going to accept in your life. We do a lot of decision making based on numbers, yeah. based on things we can quantify. But for me, I'm still going to just flit around and use my heart <laughs> and uh, make mistakes. And maybe if I used math, I wouldn't. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. That's where I am. I'd be curious to see what the outcome was for relationships that use a method like that. And I would would guess that there are going to be some couples who totally dig the idea and they're like, yes, we need a schedule. We need to do this and this and this. And Mm -hmm. that's their their thing. That's their jive. Mm -hmm. And then there are some couples who know we will totally fight if we try to stick to a schedule. Well, and I think for this guy in particular, he thought that these weekly check-ins were going really well. Mm -hmm. And him and the girlfriend like re-signed a new lease together. And he's like, look, you know, we have data that supports that things are on the right track. And then like she left. Yeah, she wasn't into it. "Mm, Okay. I'm going to go now. I think that, you know, it probably depends on where you are in the relationship, but there are definitely business elements to any relationship. You know, there's business-like elements. Yeah. You know, of, you know, especially if you're married or something like that and you, you're sharing money, mm-hmm. then you need to have, I think that it's fair to have business meetings where it's like, okay, here's what we want to do this year. Here's where we are on it. But I don't know that I would want like the emotional side of relationship to be that calculated. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, if you read one, read this one. Okay. I'll maybe read we'll it. talk about it again a little more in depth. Yeah. Know, maybe Because this Preview. one, I think we could do an entire episode on this article. Okay. If we really dug into it. It's, it is an interesting article. So there's one for you, friends. That's, Excellent. That's a tab that's open on my cell phone. Okay. All right. All right. So the next one is about um, drinking in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And many people 
are choosing to drink less instead of more in the pandemic. I think we saw a spike for a while where people were like, I got to block this out. Mm -hmm. And now people are choosing to be very aware. Uh, I think that this article opens, if I'm not misquoting it, I think that it said there was like a 41% spike in binge drinking among women. Uh, when the pandemic started, wow. it was something just absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. And now people are kind of taking a step back. They said that dry January was up. Um, I think they said that January 2019, three million maybe people participated. Yeah. And January or 2020 rather. And then January 2021, the what we just finished up. Um, it was 7.5 billion or million people. Yeah. So it more than doubled. So it went from 3 million in 2020 to seven and a half million. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. I think so many people thought 2020 was just a write off year. And it's like, what yep. the hell? And we talked about that. And we talked about how there was kind of a collective feeling. And here's a little bit of data, you know, from the Wall Street Journal that kind of shows us that 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 was the case that that really I mean, to the spike in sales for non-alcoholic beverages, like all these mixers and elixirs and fancy waters and low sugar wine, low, you know, Mm -hmm. alcohol wine, you know, alcohol-free beers. And some of the breweries are saying that their non-alcoholic sales have gone up, you know, like 500%, like an absolutely insane. Yeah. So people are really thinking about their drinking. <laughs> I noticed, I, I kind of knew that people's drinking was getting out of control when I started noticing how many hangover remedies were being marketed. Right. You know, and then it was like kind of like, wow, if this is, if people are, are, are promoting hangover remedies, then there must be a lot of people right. with hangovers. And, um, and then of course, as the pendulum swings, you know, we go back to not drinking at all. And so I think that's where we are now with so many people. I mean, I've definitely did dry January Mm -hmm. and here we are the end of February, beginning of March and, you know, still, still not drinking very much. Yeah. Yeah, Still taking a break from it. Yeah. um, One of our, one of our listeners, Amy says, you know, alcohol is so bad for aging women and Mm -hmm. I hope Mm -hmm. we can get back to moderation. And it really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, it's bad for our skin and it's bad for, I was it talking to you. It does you no favors. It really doesn't. It doesn't do you any, and it gets harder and harder to recover. You know, like when you wake up the next morning, even if you, you didn't drink like a college student, you know, you may have drank moderately and you still, it's, whew, yeah. So not fair. Oh, okay. Oh, are you ready for this next one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This next one, it, this is, this is like crazy, crazy. I didn't know this was possible. This is like a sci-fi adventure. This is absolutely nuts. It's going to blow your mind. This one's from NPR, your favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, a hacker tried to poison Tampa's water supply for the Super Bowl. I saved this because I wanted to talk about it with you. Right. I saw this headline and I was like, what? Right. So... It wasn't actually Tampa proper. It was a couple miles from the stadium. I don't know if it was the stadium's water supply or not. I'm not 100% sure. But the people who work at the water treatment facility are sitting around. They're hanging out. And they look at their computer and things are moving around on their computer. And somebody was changing the level of a chemical that it's kind of like a cleaning agent for the water that we put in, like, let's say, I, I don't remember the numbers, but let's say like one milliliter per hundred or something. And they upped it to 10,000, you know, yeah. per hundred or whatever. And that can be fatal. Right. And the water people, luckily, 
noticed and were like, nah, and they fixed it. They also claimed that all these alarms would have went off and stuff and that we would have known that it wasn't cool, like if they wouldn't have fixed it. But I don't think when I turn on my faucet, I don't think twice about whether or not that's safe for me. Yeah, I just I drink just, it. I presume that, and and I don't think about that there's probably only, what, a half dozen or a dozen people who are sitting around somewhere who control that? It honestly doesn't occur to me. No. Like, I just drink it. And, I mean, when I read this headline, it says, FBI called yes. in after hacker tries to poison Tampa area city's water mm-hmm. with lye. Mm-hmm. L-Y-E. Yes. And I thought, what is this? Like the Middle Ages? Like you're right. Like (laughs) with lye? Right. And and it's something that is in there. It's like a chemical that they're going to put into the water supply in very small doses because it's going to clean it out or whatever. But I mean, it totally, this blew my mind. So, and they're considering that the FBI is here because this could be like an act of terrorism. It could be. You know, and that's just wild. Somebody said, Here's something cool I'm going to do. I'm going to try to poison all the people who went to the Super Bowl. That's, I can't, there are no words for people is, like that. Uh, they should make a movie out of this. Like, it it's absolutely mind-boggling. And there's so much to me that should be looked into. Like, I want more information. I want more stories about the this. The fact that it's that know? easy. Yeah. I mean, when I think about a computer hacker, I think about that they want my financial information, that they want my personal information, that they want to manipulate voting things. That they want. I never thought about that you can hack into a computer and use that to mass kill people. Mm-hmm. That's a really scary thought. It makes me look at my water differently. Right. <laughs> makes me feel really creepy. Just looked at my water bottle. Yeah. So there's that one. I think that there should be a movie made out of the next one on your list Mm. yeah full disclosure guys i sent heather (laughs) this list in advance because i was like you might want to read some of these and then i didn't read them (laughs) (laughs) i looked at them to know what the topics were and i was like oh yeah i saved that one i saved that one i saved that one Mm -hmm. okay so this next one i thought was interesting i don't know a whole lot about what's going on um like overseas and whatever i don't know what's happening in russia i'm not real up on it but apparently there are some raids and whatnot happening because like the people in power in russia apparently there's other people who don't want them in power and there's kind of like a a situation going on i think that's always happening I, i think so um but so there's this guy who's like the opposition leader and they're like busting all of his friends and trying to get them you know like they're sending them to jail whatever so This woman, though, I thought was really interesting because the way that she kind of protested when they came to her home was really cool. This woman, you know, the police come and knock on her door and she sits down and plays for Elise on her piano. And she plays. She plays the entire piece like they're walking around her house, like taking her taking her cell phones, doing all of her stuff, like doing all this stuff. And they walk over to her like and she hits the last chord. She hits the final chord and they like hand her the paper to sign. And she's like, you guys could applaud, you know. Ah. And I was like, what a wow. Badass. Like, what a, what a woman. What an absolute. the presence of mind. Yeah, like what an absolute. And, and she didn't stop. And, and it was an interesting article because it was about how. um protest through art mm-hmm. has been kind of a, a 
a thing that has happened throughout Russian history, which I thought was really interesting. So that was a that was a cool one. I just thought that, and I actually I went and watched the video of the woman playing piano, and it was less impactful than maybe it would have been because I don't understand Russian. I couldn't right. tell what she was saying to him. But it was neat that she, like, they're just going through her house, and she's just playing the piano, and she's just, you know, and then she's like, you guys could clap, wow. you know? And I was like, what? That, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, you want to talk about the woman in Kenya making mm-hmm. plastic bricks. Okay. Let, 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 I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I I love it. I mean, I just think it's so cool. And my favorite part about this story is, okay, so the headline is Kenyan Woman's Startup Recycles Plastic Waste into Bricks That Are Five Times Stronger Than Concrete. So immediately I thought of my friend Kendra Light, who um, is working on affordable housing Mm -hmm. that is um, cheaper and stronger than anything ever. Um, And so I I tagged her, I think, in that story. And then I love the quote from this woman. She says she was tired of being on the sidelines while civil servants struggled against plastic waste in the capital city of Nairobi. So the materials engineer created a product that is five to seven times stronger than concrete. Yeah. Like I was tired of of it being a problem. And so I just solved the problem. Yeah. I just figured I could. (laughs) And I did. Now, it'll be interesting to see... um, like, you've seen these people in the past who make, like, a really, really cool quality electric car, and then, like, Ford goes and buys it and, like, kills yeah. it. You know what I mean? Right. So, I'm interested to see what happens with it. Yeah. Are we going to start seeing building? Like, I was looking at it, like, color-wise and stuff, and I'm like, oh, no, though, girl. I don't know if I want my house. Like, I guess it, you could still go over it yeah, with, you, you know, put a facade on or whatever, it. you know, a yeah. siding. But yeah, I just, I thought it was really interesting, and yeah. it would, would be cool to see, though, talking about, um, trash into treasure last week, you know, with uh, Carly yeah. on the show. This is a real true use of, you know, trash into something really, really useful and a really cool conversion. And especially as we look at hurricanes getting stronger and more frequent, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this could be something really important for people who live on coastal areas. Oh, I think that's a great point. That's a really good point. My next article is about The Bachelor. Okay. So, obviously, I'm reading about The Bachelor on any given week. So, Chris Harrison has been the host of The Bachelor since The Bachelor started. Mm -hmm. He is the guy. He is the producer, and The Bachelor is his. And he has stepped down from The Bachelor. (gasps) He has stepped down, he says, temporarily. Why? Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get... Okay, guys, ready for this real Bachelor? Oh, yeah. This This is... I don't know. Like, The Bachelor might be over by the time this episode comes out. I don't know. But I'm telling you guys, this in real life, it's Monday, February 22nd, and I'm making a prediction okay, um, that may come true by the time this episode comes out. So this woman named Rachel, who is a current contestant on The Bachelor, she, in 2018, went to an antebellum party. I talked about this with somebody. Yeah. So she went to an antebellum party, and she, you know, dressed up antebellum style and you know did the whole thing and social media got mad about it Mm -hmm. and said she shouldn't have done it and chris harrison was like yeah i mean in 2018 or whatever whenever she did it um maybe like that was a cool thing to do in 2021 i don't think we'd be doing that but i mean she was the college kid who went to a college party and people got really mad at Chris Harrison for having that opinion. Oh. So they canceled Chris Harrison. Oh. They canceled him. Like, he, he, like he's not allowed to have that opinion. Which, honestly, I mean, okay, don't cancel me, whatever. I, I have no opinion on this. Uh, I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> but, um, but, so Chris Harrison, 
you know, because he defended this girl. And then the girl came out and she wouldn't defend herself. She's like, well, no, I shouldn't have been at a party like that. And I shouldn't have been celebrating that kind of culture. And, and so she didn't, you know, she didn't like it. Nobody liked it. Everybody thought Chris Harrison was being too flippant. Chris Harrison comes out and says, I'm going to learn more about race and I'm going to do better and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I'm going to really take this seriously. And then hopefully I'm going to come back someday. But Heather, here is my prediction. Here is what I believe. Here is what I think. All right. This season of The Bachelor, we have the first black bachelor ever. Okay. And they made a huge production out of that at the beginning of this season. Like, they talked to the guy. Yeah, because he has a, um, he actually is mixed. I think he has a white mother um, and a black father. And he's like, I don't want, if I pick a black girl, I don't want the white community to be mad at me. And if I pick a white girl, I don't want the black community to be mad at me. And all this stuff. And so we had all this race stuff, because race is hot right now, right? Yeah, it is. So here is what I believe. I believe that this is all staged and all illustrated because Rachel is in, like, the top four. They're going to hometown visits this week. So by the time this airs, hometown visits will be over. And, like, so will something else, I think. <laughs> Maybe, like, the, the pre-finale thing. Um, but I think that they are using this to have Rachel, the white girl, who made a mistake with the antebellum party thing. And then she's going to go and she's going to be the winner. And she's going to get engaged to this black guy. And then her and Chris Harrison are going to sit down and talk about how much they've <laughs> learned about race and how much that, like, and it's going to, I think oh, that wow. it's all staged. I think it's all completely fake. Well, I wouldn't put it past them. Now, I'm not a bachelor watcher, so I can't, I, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I would not be surprised at all if it was decided. Ahead of time, this is what we're going to do. Because he didn't say, I'm quitting my job forever. He said, I'm going to step down until after the final rose. He's going to come back on the next season, and he's going to do some special with them. I, I guarantee it. It'll be interesting to you. see what happens. I'm telling you. Well, now I'm going to be looking forward to see. I honestly think that Chris Harrison's just a normal, fine person. And sometimes we all say something, you know, kind of ignorant, and we're all still learning, and everybody calm down. He seems like a decent guy to me. Right. He wrote some uh, erotic uh, fiction. Really? Uh, yeah, it's, it's available right now. So if you want to read Chris Harrison's erotic fiction, that's I don't, right actually. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't think anybody does. No. Um, but I don't on, find him remotely attractive. On this season, so they had this, like, one of the contests that the girls had to do was they had to write erotic fiction and they had to read it out loud. It, it was so upsetting. Like, it was horribly that, upsetting. And I was like, I would not do this. Like, no, I wouldn't either. I would be a terrible contestant on this show because I'd be like, nah. <laughs> and I just wouldn't. I'd be like, I'm not doing that. That is such an inappropriate yeah. challenge. And they well, they used it to plug Chris Harrison's book. Oh, gross. Yeah. So that's The Ugh. Bachelor. That's what's going on with The Bachelor. <laughs> now we know. There's okay. that. There's the story. Um... Oh, so now we're up to the the um, story about how, yay, we're all happy about vaccines, but like COVID's not going to go away. No, it's we're we're this is life now. Yeah, like when the <laughs> flu came, we just always have the flu now. Yeah. Like we just, it's going to move. The article talks about how right now we're in a pandemic, but it's going to move to a. Oh, a something that's less than a pandemic, but it's still a big deal. No, it's it, it's not less than a pandemic. It's like, dude, this is just a widespread thing. Let it's, me see I, I think that it. we're just going to have like COVID season. Like we have flu season 
And I think that we're going to have to get our flu shot and, your co- and our COVID shot like every year. It says, going through the five phases of grief, we need to come to the <laughs> acceptance phase that our lives are not going to be the same. Right. I don't think the world has really absorbed the fact that these are long-term changes. Yeah. Um, I have. Endemic. Okay. It's going to become an endemic. I think that we are always going to remember life before COVID. And life after COVID. Yes. And I have wondered, will I ever do some of the things that I did before COVID again? I don't know. I mean, it's only been a year. Right. But some things. Some of our our children may not remember things that used to be a part of our day to day common lives. They might not remember that. I I thought about that. The world might not remember, like, communal workplaces or like the bullpen you know what i mean like they might watch uh old movies of like wall street and something be like "Ooh, that's a lot of people Mm -hmm. i will tell you that my children and i went um to a hibachi restaurant and like my kids really 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 wanted to go and i wasn't really thinking about it you know and we went and i mean they had like a like a chair between each party you know they had a little bit of space but this place was packed yeah. and this place was inside yeah. and this place was noisy yeah. and the, and people were doing shots and people were you know like i, I was and i was really unsettled like the mm-hmm. whole time and i didn't figure out why until i went home and i was like because life isn't like that anymore right because we don't sit in crowded places inside with high levels of noise with a bunch of people around us that we don't know. We don't do that. Right. And I was unsettled by it. Yeah. I've seen TV shows and movies where I like internally cringe because people are really close together or I'll see like a bunch of people in a car yeah. and it's like, Ooh, that's a lot of people together. And I never would have thought of that before COVID. You know what? I have thought of that before. I may have told you this. Um, so after I did the hike in Spain, and I was outside for like six weeks and, you know, you're lots of open air. You're in small towns. Like even when you walk into a cafe, you know, there's a half dozen people, you know, you're not you're hardly in a crowded city the entire time. You know, you walk into like four cities and you're there for like a day, you know. Um, and when I came back from that trip, I went to a Florida State football game uh-huh. and I was completely overwhelmed and I broke down in tears. Yeah, because it was just. Too many people. I, it was so much stimulus and so much noise and so much like drinking and drama and mm-hmm. like, it, I wasn't used to it and I was really upset. When I came back from the trip too, I flew directly to Chicago for a board meeting and we went and we toured a facility and when we came out, one of the parents was telling us how much it had changed their child's life. I mean, it was this beautiful touching. There's like 20 of us on the board and this parent just takes a moment you know, unsolicited to tell us how they feel about our company, right? And we have this beautiful moment and like three or four of us are in tears by the time this parent's done talking and we go get back into the black SUVs. You know, there's like two or three black SUVs, you know, to put everybody in and everybody gets in and everybody takes a cell phone break and everybody gets out their phones. And I have have literally just flown back. I haven't used my phone. I I flew directly back to Chicago for this meeting and I... I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, we're not going to talk. You know what I mean? Like, we're, like, and, and I remember feeling like, wow, I feel really odd and really out of place because my life was so yeah. different for that little bit of time. And right now, all of our lives are so different. That doesn't feel normal. Right. It doesn't feel normal. Yeah. But it is. It is our new 
normal. Here's the the sentence that I that this starts off with that I thought were interesting was interesting. The pathogen will circulate for years or even decades, leaving society to coexist with COVID nineteen much as it does with other endemic diseases like flu, measles, and HIV. Mm-hmm. So it's it's here. It's here to stay, and that's that's where we're at, folks. So a little depressing. Yeah, but that's where we're at, right? Here's one for you. Also on the COVID train. Mm-hmm. Would you put your child in a vaccine trial? <sighs> there, there's one going on right now in Lake Nona, just down the road from us. Uh, Lake Nona over by Orlando. Um, and they are vaccinating the kids. But it's a it's a clinical trial. It's not, um, you know, approved for everybody yet. There's some real pros to this and some real cons. Let's hear what you think. Uh, based on my initial reaction, I think the answer is no. No. You wouldn't I don't, do it? Uh, well, my How initial, do you feel about other people who are doing it? You know, I, I, I would, um, I could, I am sure that there are people whose circumstances um, make them feel like that is a, a, a good idea. You know, like where they are willing to take the risk, they might be more, I was going to use the word desperate. I'm not scared right now. My children are both healthy and and we have a very COVID-friendly lifestyle, and I feel fine with where we are right now. And so I don't feel like I need to do that. But I, What about your be, commitment to science and to advancing the medical technology for people who might be more in need? For those poor, like, if nobody gets this vaccine, if nobody gets, you know, tested, then, you know, it's not going to be able to help other people in the future. You know, that's a good question, but I just don't think I'm there. Right. I'm just not there. I'm not. Uh, and I think that maybe, you know what, it would be different if it was just me. Like, mm-hmm. I could see myself going and and putting myself I into would. that. But I don't know that I would do my children. I don't know that I would do my children either because, uh, well, first of all, there's a chance that they get the placebo. So then I'm just putting my kid through shots, you know, which are mildly aversive and mm. they don't even get anything. Second of all, like... Yes, I get to make decisions for my children. I have my children vaccinated on the schedule that children are to be vaccinated, you know. In some ways, I think I would do this, you know, like maybe maybe it offers my child protection, you know, that is good, you know, like, and they're using pretty much the same stuff that they're using for the grownups, that yeah. all the grownups are getting, you know. Um, but what if something goes horribly wrong? And I hurt my kid. That's the thing. If it was me, I can accept the fact that I made a decision and I knew what the risks were and I had consequences. But I can't ask my kids to do that. Well, doesn't if you do it for yourself, doesn't that affect your children too? Yeah. So let's say that you have dire consequences and you die. Well, I have life well. insurance for that. <laughs> Still, your kids don't have a mother anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's a good question. I don't I, I think my answer would be no. I wouldn't. I would love to hear what our what our listeners think, how they feel about it. Um, with it being an option, like it, it's, I don't think I would actively seek it. Like I wouldn't go sign up and be like, I'm gung ho and I just want to s- support science that much that that's what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't think I would. You know, um, if it was offered to me, like if they were like, hey. You know, we think that you're a great candidate and we think that your kids are great candidates and we think this could be really helpful. I, I would consider it more, you know, but I 
I don't know. I just would rather give my kids something that has already been approved. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want my kid to be the guinea pig if they don't have to be, I guess. I guess when you put it that way, like, I think that if it were an option, I wouldn't sign up for it. If I was asked to participate, I would consider, mm-hmm. you know, but I wouldn't look for the opportunity. Um, but even if I was asked to participate, I still don't, I don't know that I would ask them to do that. Yeah. Um, but, I don't you know, think you, I would you never ask know until you're faced kids. with the I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would ask it of my kids, probably. I don't know. But, I mean, you could, if you want to, the, the link is here. You can go sign your kid up as a potential trial candidate. You can totally do that. And there you go. I'd love to hear from somebody who who, who participated. Uh, I have a friend who, you know, like, when I saw this article, it was because a friend of mine posted, my children are on this list, and I'm so happy. Hmm. You know? So, um, and I, I thought it was interesting enough to put onto our show because I was like, well, is is what she posted controversial? I wonder. Yeah. I didn't go back and look to see if she got comments where people were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, she put it out there as this is good science and it's my kid's opportunity to be part of good science. Here you go. You well, know? I and, think that the vaccine has been like that where I've seen people do some, some pretty obvious about faces with, like, first saying, no way. I'm not getting that vaccine. We don't know mm-hmm. what that is to you know, having friends who were crying the day that they got their vaccine because they were so thankful. Right. And and then, you know, folks who, who said they would never get it are now saying, you know, sign me up. I, I believe now. I mean, and I'll be totally honest. Selfishly, I could be like, cool, let's get my kids the vaccine so that we can travel. Because if they're going to start requiring that you have the vaccine well, on a travel card, then I can be like, cool, my kids got it. Because right now, there's no chance that me or my kids are getting it. Um, because we can't, right. and that means I can't get on an airplane and go anywhere. So yeah. if they decide tomorrow we're going to open everything back up, I'm going to sign my kids up for this trial and try to get all of us to get the vaccine somehow. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. That makes sense. I don't you know. know. I think because then you have a because reason. Because travel matters to me. Right. Enough to try a vaccine that we don't know if it works. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not afraid of the vaccine. I I'm think, not afraid of the vaccine either. Like the already approved right. vaccine, I'm, I'm not. I just don't know if I would put my child into a yeah. medical trial or not. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would put my child into a medical trial if, like, it, if my child had a rare disease and it was the like. My mom did a cancer trial, and I will tell you that that cancer trial did not go well for my mom. But this drug did become available. It's called Opdivo. And um, every time I see commercials for it, my middle finger goes up and I wave it at the TV and I curse and I'm pissed because like it was supposed to be this great magical thing. And it accelerated my mom's cancer and it made her way worse, you know. And so I'm furious every time. So I don't know if I would just put my kids into something, you know, that might be like, yeah, it works for everybody else. Didn't work for my, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's some real feelings with that, you know, so. And that's my only experience with a medical clinical trial was watching my mother not do well in one, you know? Yeah, so Absolutely. So there's that. Um, speaking of, if you'd like to go anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to try to get out of here. Um, article from the New York Times of the travel restrictions, all the places we can go and what you have to do um, if you want to go. As we know, we have to get um, tested to come back into the country. Now, mm-hmm. if you leave, you got to be tested. Uh, th- this is the link to all the rules. If you want to go anywhere, it is interesting. It's interesting just to kind of look through 
who's trying to make it easy for us, like those tourism places, like say mm, Cancun, you know, like they're like, come on down. You're yeah, good. the water is like, fine. You, know, you don't have to have a test. You don't have to have anything. You're good. Um, I would assume based on, I've been to Cancun a dozen times, right? I've been to Cancun a lot. And when I first started going there, I was floored that like in their airport, there are like stations and stalls, like where they sell plan B, like the, the birth control um, wow. option. Um, and I'm like, they want tourists to be here so badly that I believe that they will have like rapid tests set up like in yeah. line in the airport. Like you can get back to the U.S. With, I think they will make it as easy as yeah. possible mm-hmm. to fulfill our requirements to get our people back. Yeah. I think that they will do a better job than the United States airports. I think that they will do anything to keep yeah. American tourists it's so much of their economy. It's everything. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely everything. So those are the tabs that are open on my phone. Wow. So if we decide that we want to travel, I'm looking, I'm looking through the list right now. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's exhaustive yeah. of how, mm-hmm. uh, but it's awesome. I mean, if you want well, to go to Well, and some of them places, are really, really interesting restrictions, too. Yeah. Like some of them are like, like, I think it's the UK is something like, well, when you get here, you have to spend 10 days in quarantine in an approved hotel. Um, and you have to... Buy a kit for $300 and test on day two, and then again on day 10, and then you can start going outside places on day 14. And like, so you might as well just move there, right? Exactly. (laughs) And if you don't, I think it says that if you don't do it the way that they tell you to do it, you can get fined up to like 14,000 pounds, um, which would be like what $18,000, you know? Yeah, and you can be in jail for like two years or something. I'm like, well, I guess I won't see my friends in London for right. a while, you know? Like, not that I would break the rules or anything, but just that that's, that's a lot of work, you know? And I, I can't live there. <laughs> yeah. And that makes me really sad because you know, I think that it's going to be that way for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just, it's sad. It, you know, it has definitely sped up my sense of urgency to do things. I'm much more likely to do things in the moment because I've seen in my lifetime, how quickly things can be taken away from us. Yeah. We've been through a period of time here where a lot of things have been taken away from us yeah. in pretty rapid succession. And, you know, like my children keep asking, what are we going to do for the summer? What are we going to do for the summer? That's part of why this list was open on my phone. You uh-huh. know? And, and I'm like, you guys, this summer, I don't think anything, you know? And so then they start asking, well, next summer we're supposed to do blank. Are we going to be able to? And Four summers from now or three summers from now, we're supposed to do blank. Because we have had things mapped out for our family for a number of years. Do you think we're going to miss out on, you know, this place? Do you think we're going to? And I have no idea. I have have no way of knowing any better than anybody else, right? Yeah. Well, that's it. So I hope you enjoyed your uh, little perusal through my cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) It was very nice. Yes. um, Remember that you can watch us on... Mondays around 9.45 a.m. on the Facebook, How to Do Life with Chrissy and Heather, right? Yes. And uh, that's pretty much it. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. 
That's with a C H R Y S S Y. Like, share, and subscribe, and tell everyone you know. Until next time. <laughs>